is the Cloud Hub Podcast, your launchpad for Amazon Web Services. Welcome to the Cloud and Out podcast. My name is Michael. And my name is Andreas. We are brothers and freelancers focusing on Amazon Web Services. We do technical coaching, for example, for teams that start their journey with AWS, and infrastructure bootstrapping, typically based on our infrastructure's code templates for our clients worldwide. Every month, we discuss a topic related to AWS here in the podcast. One of us prepares the topic, which is not known to the other one. So, this month, I have no idea what Andreas is going to uh, talk about. So let's ask you, Andreas, what's the topic of this month's episode? Michael, I prepared um, the topic about EBS volume types because recently during reInvent and also the, the 2020 year, AWS announced new volume types, SSD-based volume types. And I had a closer look at what was going on there, what changed, what you need to know uh, when making a decision which volume type fits best for your workload. So we're diving deep into the EBS volume types. Okay, that sounds great, Andreas. Um, before we start, this is episode number 37, and we are recording this on January the 18th in 2021. A short announcement before we start. Staying up to date with AWS during the pandemic is not easy. There are no conferences that you can visit and talk to other people about their usage of AWS. And it's also much harder to talk to your coworkers, exchange ideas, and just chat about the latest features of AWS. That's why Andreas and I launched CloudOnout Plus last year. This is the place where we publish exclusive videos and also run online events for our subscribers only. And today we are going to launch a yearly subscription for CloudOnout Plus as well. And so far, there was only a monthly option available. So what do you get when subscribing to CloudOnout Plus? So first, you deepen your AWS knowledge, because we tell you about all the little secrets that are missing in the official documentation. You also stay up to date. You can benefit from the latest AWS features without burning your hands, because we review all the new features for you. And last but not least, you get independent insights, so our balanced opinion uh, allows you to distinguish the good from the bad parts of AWS. With the new yearly subscription, you get a 20% discount compared to the monthly subscription. So go and check it out. You will find all the details in the show notes. And now let's jump to the EBS volume types. Okay, so maybe first of all, let's start with the very basics. So EBS is the Elastic Block Storage Service provided by AWS. And this is storage that you can connect directly to your EC2 instances over network. So this is block storage, which means basically the operating system uh, is managing a file system on top of that and then writes blocks to those block storages. And um, EBS um, comes with either solid state drives, SSDs, or hard disk drives. And today I want to cover um, the SSD Uh, drives, so the volume types that use SSD underneath. So this is important um, whenever latency and throughput is important to you. And um, we have now uh, four different volume types with SSDs, and I will compare three of them. So we will talk about GP2, um, which is general purpose SSDs. We also talk about the latest generation of that, which is uh, GP3. 
And we will compare that with um, the IO2 volumes, uh, which is uh, SSDs, but with uh, provision throughput. We will talk about that uh, in a minute. So we will compare those options. And the idea is to help you to make a decision um, which of those volume types fits your workload best, because there are some details and uh, maybe also lesser, one, uh, lesser known one details. And we will talk about them. So, so I will start with the um, with the old <laughs> one, so which is the GP two, so general purpose two volume types. Uh, so this was the de facto standard. Whenever you launched an EC two instance, uh, it uh, it always attaches an EBS volume with GP two volume type, and uh, so this is SSD based. And the way it works uh, on the first side is quite simple. So you provision the size of your volume. So let's say I provision um, an EBS volume with a one terabyte. And what you get is for every gigabyte, you get three IOPS. So that means IO operations per second. And that's the um, baseline throughput for that volume. So that means basically by increasing the size of your volume, you also increase the maximum throughput or, uh, to, to be more precise, the baseline throughput uh, of the volume. So that's how GP2 um, volumes have worked. And there are a few important things to know. Um, the maximum uh, baseline that you can get, no matter how big your volume gets, is the maximum is uh, 3,000 IOPS, which means basically if you have one terabyte, you have reached the maximum baseline performance. And as I'm talking about baseline performance, you can already guess that there is something like a burst performance as well. So um, for volumes that are smaller than one terabyte, um, they can burst to that maximum baseline throughput of 3,000 IOPS for a short period per day. That's also depending on the size of the volume. Um, but you have those burstable performance, which is great if you have, I don't know, a bad job uh, or peaky work, uh, spiky workloads, peaks in your workload during the day, or also during booting the instance, for example. That is very interesting. Um, one problem with those burst performances is always, so the problem is <laughs> how do you measure uh, the performance of your system before you go live. So I've seen many infrastructures fail because the, the performance was fine during testing with GP2 volumes, but then uh, about an hour after going live, the performance degraded significantly because now the volumes were falling back to their baseline throughput and this was then slowing the whole system. So this was always a little bit tricky when using GP2 volumes. And then um, during reInvent, or it was, I think it was shortly before reInvent, but it doesn't matter, um, AWS announced the third generation of those volume types, just as uh, GP3, so general purpose SSDs, uh, generation three. And um, so this is different <laughs> so it's actually very different <laughs> to what we what we knew um so let's dive into that a little bit so first of all um what's interesting here uh, every volume every gp3 volume comes with a baseline performance of 3000 iops and 125 
um, megabytes per second um, um, bandwidth, regardless of the size of the volume. So that is different. Um, so no matter what you do, you get the same baseline performance than you got with a GP2 uh, volume type. So that is a big game changer, especially for smaller volume types. And so that, that makes a huge difference. And um, the other thing is um, what's different compared to the GP2 um, volume types is it's possible to provision additional IOPS and additional bandwidth when needed. So basically, with a GP3 volume, you not only um, specify the volume size when you create the volume, you also are able to specify the uh, maximum IOPS and the bandwidth, uh, the network bandwidth that you uh, want or that you need from the volume, basically. And yeah, you have that baseline performance, but then you can provision much more than that. So up to 16,000 IOPS per second and up to 1,000 megabytes per second is what you can provision. So this is, um, especially the bandwidth, um, is four times as much as you can with uh, GP2. And uh, you can just adjust that um, no matter of... So there's no direct connection between the volume size and uh, the maximum throughput of your volume. You can... Um, modify that of course we pay for that <laughs> so that's what we need to uh, discuss now but um, yeah the interesting thing here is this works completely different than the gp2 volume as because we have that very high baseline performance and you can provision additional throughput on top uh, whenever you need it um, so that is uh, interesting um, Regarding the costs, um, so if you go over the AWS announcement, so AWS promised a 20% price advantage over GP2 when you compare it to GP3. In reality, I think the price advantage is somewhere between, let's say, 7% and 20%. So to be realistic, it's probably something like 10%, 12% or something like that, cheaper than uh, GP2 instances. That's because... Um, at least when you compare it for uh, larger uh, GP2 volumes, you need to provision additional uh, throughput. Um, so that's uh, why it then gets uh, more important. Okay, I see. So one question addressed, do you know out of your head if the GP3 volume types are available in all the regions or is this something that is only available in, in some of the regions? Yes, that's a, that's a very good question because I was wondering about that as well and I looked it up. It's available in all regions. And this is also interesting to me um, because um, that probably is because it doesn't require new hardware, <laughs> probably, because I would assume if they need to roll out some kind of new hardware, uh, they would have started with some regions only. But it is available in all the regions. And um, yeah, this is probably because they're using the same hardware that they have been using before, just use another mechanism to um yeah to 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 virtualize that hardware that's at least what i expect but yeah i don't know of course okay i see yeah okay yeah so this is the new uh, gp3 uh, volume types it's very interesting um because of those characteristics so we no longer have that problem with burstable performance you have a very predictable performance um and 
and the baseline performance of the GP3 is basically um, the burst performance um, of GP2 volumes. So you get an increase uh, here as well. So I think it it makes things a lot easier. And um, yeah, the price advantage is, of course, also important. So if you calculate that, you can uh, um, cut your EBS costs by something about 10%. That's, that's significant, of course, uh, in, in many um, AWS accounts and many infrastructures. Um, so Andreas, now I have to ask you another question. So if you like, if I'm using a GP2 volume today that is less than one terabyte in size, is there any reasons why I shouldn't switch to GP3? So I don't think so. <laughs> so that's a good question. So um, I had a look. Um, I was searching, researching um, when preparing this topic a little bit, and I was searching through the internet. And um, what I found is that some people complain about um, lower performance, especially after they have switched from GP2 to GP3. Um, so there's a blog post. You will find the link in the show notes. Um, where Silas um, describes uh, his experience when switching from GP2 to GP3 for his Elasticsearch cluster. And what he was observing is he was observing much higher latencies uh, when um, accessing the data on the disks. Um, so this made me uh, curious and I started investigating myself, but um, we will dive into that later in more detail, but I could not... Um, verify that. So my I.O. benchmarks um, didn't come to that conclusion. So I cannot, um, from my perspective and from what I've observed, say that there is a reason not to switch to GP3 um, volumes. Okay, great. So then let's go on, Andreas. The, what's the next um, the, the next type? I.O. 2, right? Yes. So I.O. 2 is... Um, so <laughs> formally, it was easy to explain everything. So you had GP2, where you had those baseline performance dependable on the size of the volume, you had the burst capacity, and then there was um, the, other, the other category of uh, volumes, which, which was provisioned IOPS SSDs. And the difference here was, here you had to specify the volume uh, size and then um, the IOPS, so the bandwidth or the, the maximum IO operations per second on that volumes. Um, so as you see now, um, it's not that clear the difference between IO2 and GP3 because that's basically what we have with GP3 volumes nowadays as well. Um, so I'm not very sure about the naming here because kind of GP3 is also provision IOPS nowadays. So yeah, it's getting confused. There has created some confusion with the naming here, I think, but um, that's how it is. So yeah, so the IO volumes... Um, They come with that uh, provision IOPS. And um, what I didn't, um, so first of all, what I didn't uh, notice right away is IO2 is also kind of new. <laughs> It was announced in August 2020, so uh, not that old as well. So I totally forgot about that actually <laughs> when writing uh, everything down here. And uh, also interesting that IO2 is um, not available for RDS yet. Um, so, um, so there, it seems that there's a difference between, it, it, it looks like there's a difference between, uh, IO1, the first generation, IO2, also from a hardware side, probably, I don't know, but probably. So RDS still runs on IO1, but we now have IO2 and, um, 
yeah, what is what is important to say about so when when I compare IO two so the provisioned IOPS SSDs with the general purpose uh, GP three volumes, uh, first the first thing that <laughs> that that is um, worth worth noting is uh, IO two is much more expensive uh, than GP three. Um, so let me give you an example. Um, uh, one terabyte with three thousand IOPS is around about eighty dollars per month with GP three, and it's three hundred and twenty dollars per month with IO two. So, rule of thumb, it costs three to four times as much as a GP three volume when you go to IO two. So the question is, what's the big difference? Because with both, I specify the, the volume size, I specify the maximum throughput. So, so what's really the difference? <laughs> so I, I looked into that. I, I tried to find out what's really going on here. What's, what's worth three times um, a GP3 volume? And I found some interesting details. So first of all, the durability is really different. So... IO2 comes with an annual failure rate of 0.001%. And that's a huge difference compared to GP3 volumes, where the annual failure rate is 0.2%. So in other words, it's sometimes hard to, um, to imagine those, those numbers. In other words, one of 500 GP3 volumes fail every year. So that's what AWS calculates with. But only one of 100,000 IO2 volumes fail every year. So that's, I think, one important difference that could also be uh, yeah, worthwhile, the extra... Uh, money that you have to pay when switching to IO2. So if your workload uh, is really production critical and you want to make sure that um, the risk of uh, a failed EBS volume is as low as possible, I think it's probably worth uh, using IO2. Then another difference uh, that I found is um, AWS offers something like an SLA on the throughput for IO2 volumes. So it's not really written down in the uh, EC2 SLA. Uh, at least I couldn't find it there. But it's mentioned in the documentation and in the um, description of the product. So I think it's, it's kind of, <laughs> there's something here. And um, so AWS promises um, that an IO2 volume will deliver the provision performance 99% of the time. And I could not find such a guarantee for GP3 volumes. So that's another uh, difference. So I would expect um, that with GP3, probably AWS over-provisions the whole infrastructure uh, a little bit. And with IO2, you really uh, get the, the hardware that you pay for. Um, so that's probably a, a difference as well. And then, of course, um, there is a, a technical difference, um, which is... Um, IO2 volumes support much higher IOPS and bandwidth. So it's um, 64,000 IOPS that you can provision with an IO2 volume. And um, that's four times the maximum IOPS of a GP3 volume. Um, but keep in mind that the, the bandwidth, um, the network bandwidth of both volume types is the same. So it's both uh, 1,000 megabytes per second. So um, that could be uh, interesting. But on the other side, 
um, it is a um, yeah a well-known pattern um, to stripe multiple EBS volumes instead of having one uh, volume with a re really high throughput. So um, you could use just multiple GP3 uh, volumes, um, but that's probably also an alternative here. But yeah, but in theory, that's that's a difference. Okay, I see. Um, like I just checked one thing in the background, Andreas. So the GP2 volume also has the same annual failure rate as the GP3, so there's no difference there as well. Um, so yeah, that's also interesting. Yeah, and also the the IO1, uh, so the previous provision IOPS um, didn't come with uh, that failure rate. So this is really a difference with IO2, um, the IO2 volume types. This was something AWS was introducing there. Okay, I see. So now we have the three volume types. So I think the question that that still is like unanswered is okay. What 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 is the like when to choose which volume and what are the differences in your in your measurements, right? Mm. Yeah. So so um, as I as we discussed uh, already. So because of that blog post from Silas and also others that have written on Reddit and in some Stack Overflow questions. Um, I was trying to find out if there is a performance difference between GP2 and GP3. And that's why I did an IO benchmark. And yeah, because I had the IO, IO2 volume in my um, comparison as well, I was running the same uh, IO benchmark on that volume type as well. So yeah, let me just describe a little bit my test setup for my IO benchmarking. Uh, so I did the test on January Uh, 11th, uh, 2021, with the following setup. So the region was EU Best 1. My instance was an M5 uh, 8x large. Um, the GP2 volume was 1 terabyte. The GP3 volume was 1 terabyte with um, the default performance, which is 3000 IOPS and 125 megabytes per second. And the IO2 volume was provisioned with 1 terabyte and 3000 IOPS as well. So What you expect from those is all of those volumes come with uh, a performance of 3,000 IOPS. So that's uh, what they have in common. The file system was the default of Amazon Linux XFS, and I was running the test um, with, with each volume one, uh, two hours. That's because um, my observation with, uh, with benchmarks is uh, you should do them over a as long period as possible <laughs> because sometimes AWS has those uh, throttling limits that you reach after a certain uh, amount of time. That was why I was choosing two hours for my test. And I was using FIO. Um, so this is a tool to measure the I.O. performance. It's also the one that I, uh, AWS recommends um, to do EBS um, performance benchmarks. So that was what I was using. Um, We will have a link in the show notes to this podcast episode uh, where you will find um, the details. So I have uh, written down the um, yeah the commands, uh, the configuration that I have used for my IO benchmark in detail if you want to check that out. And uh, so what are the results of my benchmark? Uh, so basically, um, the first thing uh, that I measured is... Um, All of those, so, ah, and maybe I forgot one important thing. The I.O. benchmark was um, reading and writing randomly on those disks. So half was read access, the other half of the I.O. benchmark was write access. Um, so that was um, what was going on. And 
it is not a big surprise that all three volume types um, provide uh, a throughput of 3,000 IOPS. <laughs> so that works as promised. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this doesn't change over time or something. Uh, you get your 3,000 IOPS per second as promised with all of these uh, three volume configurations. So there was no difference there. But then I expected uh, differences in um, the, the completion latency. So that means the time from submission to completion of an I.O. operation of the operating system. So this is something that the, uh, the FIO tool is measuring. And I was comparing that a little bit. And um, what, I, what in my measurements... Um, it is very clear that um, you get the lowest latency um, with IO2, then comes uh, GP3, and then GP2. So that's also what I have expected, actually. <laughs> so with IO2, we pay uh, a premium to get reliable um, throughput and latency to our data, and that's what AWS is delivering here as well. And then GP3, the more modern generation, delivers... Um, lower latency compared to GP2. And um, that is also, what's also interesting is if you um, have a look at um, the standard derivation or if you go into the percentiles um, of um, the, the, read, or the completion latencies. And what is important here to mention is an IO2 volume offers um, the, the most stable latency so the latency is achieved um, in almost every uh, request to the disk. And that, it, that is very different compared to GP3 and GP2, where those latencies vary uh, much more. Um, you will find a detailed uh, table with the test results uh, in the linked blog post. I think it's not that easy to discuss the, the numbers here in a podcast, but, but that's the, the overall message. So an IO2 volume offers um, the most stable latency uh, for all requests. Um, that's, a, that's definitely um, a result of the test. Yeah, and that's also, I mean, that makes a lot of sense that the IO2 volume is more expensive because keeping things like stable, like having a very stable latency is actually uh, expensive. And, and it is required for workloads, um, for some workloads, like um, if you really have a high transactional database and things like that, then you, you really are looking for storage with such a characteristica um, because it keeps your latency down yeah, in all cases. Michael, now I need your help. Uh, so AWS announced uh, this other um, volume type. How do they call that? The Block Express one. The Blog Express one, exactly. Because what is I didn't test that yet, um, but what's interesting, uh, at least what AWS promised here, is that you get a sub-millisecond uh, latency when accessing your data. So that should be a really big difference compared to what we have now with IO2, GP3 and everything. So the latency um, gets reduced significantly with those new volume types or this new network storage type. So that's, yeah, that's an interesting um, modification here as well. Yeah, so maybe, I don't know if you have mentioned this, but the, the, the latency, the, the completion latency is on average around five milliseconds. Um, so that's maybe what then the difference is, like if you use the exp block express volumes, where we have, I mean, I don't know what sub millisecond really means, but we will see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that would be interesting to measure that and to compare that in the future. Um, that's up for the future. Definitely. 
Yeah. So any questions left, Michael? No, I don't think so. So what I learned is that um, I should, um, like if at least if my volume is, 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 is um, smaller than three, uh, one terabyte and I'm using GP2 today, I should um, easily be able to switch to GP3 and I get more, like basically better, better volumes for a lower price. Yeah. So yeah, to summarize that maybe. So I would say the volume type GP2 is outdated. So you should go with GP3 volumes because they're more cost effective, more predictable. And um, there's not really a, a reason not to choose them. Um, the volume type IO1 is outdated as well. Uh, so you should choose IO2 whenever available in your region because that's not yet available in all regions. It's also not available in RDS as we discussed. And then... Uh, if you make the decision, should I, should I choose GP3 or IO2? Um, the thing that you have to keep in mind is IO2 is much more expensive, but on the other side, it's much more durable. Uh, so remember those annual failure rates. And um, on top of that, IO2 provides you with that SLA on the provision throughput. And also that's what, what we have measured with the IO benchmark, and they deliver a much more uh, stable latency. Um, so I think um, there is still um, scenarios where uh, choosing an I2 volume, especially if you do, for example, a production-critical database workload or something like that, uh, is worth the extra money. Yeah, great, Andreas. I think I have like one task on my list um, for today. So I will go into our CloudFormation templates and make sure that we use the new GP3 volume in all the, um, the places because that sounds like a good, a good deal. So I think we can close this, this episode, right? Or is there anything you want to add? No, that's all, all from my side. So thanks for listening. Uh, before you leave, please review our podcast, for example, on Apple Podcasts. You can also share this episode with your friends because learning new things about AWS is always fun, right? And last but not least, your feedback helps us to improve the podcast. You can reach us via email or Twitter and you can find the details in the show notes. So we are back in a month. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.